We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's three guys who combined to play 15 seasons in the National Football League trenches. Well, two guys. And Mackey, who didn't do shit. The O-Line Committee. How do you feel, Alex? How do you feel? Picking picking against those 49er fans who still love you all these years I hope later. you feel good about yourself. This is your fault. I, I really do. Mm. I hope you feel good. I may have won the I war. I feel good? But I lost the battle. For sure. For sure. What? what? What do you mean? You won. Congratulations, man. You are the pick champion of the world. Brody. What? At, at what cost? At, At what cost? You made me pick against my own team. You had an asterisk, for fuck's sake. No one like held a gun to your head and was like, do it. I know, but I still do feel bad. I wanted him to fucking win. I literally was like, guys, go do it. Go. So did I. I. I, if you can check the tape, last week I said I want the Niners to win. Just so you mad. can't beat him. You can't do it. Dude, you can't. You can't <laughs> beat number 15 when he's playing can't. like that. I'm sorry. He's the gr- he's the best he's, quarterback he's in the NFL. Like, I, I don't know. I think I text you guys like, up oh, minute fifty three left. That's don't it. Like this, <laughs> don't like this at all. Like, it's just so frustrating when you're watching a guy like that on the on the other team. You just have to be like, damn it! Like, we we tried so hard. What do we do? But you know what? Like, like yes, he he's ridiculous. He's the best football player That's I've ever stupid. seen. I've been watching football for like thirty years, but. <laughs> If there, there's so many things that happen in these games, like if you know if punt doesn't go off guy's ankle, right? If dude, like that's the biggest one, right? That the no. Chiefs' offense Moody was missing an extra. Moody point. missing the kick was the worst. Did they win that, the one the game? No. Okay. the The extra point was worth one point. The muff but they'd be punt up by one. Wasn't a muff punt, but, but they'd the, be up by one. So at the end of the game, they have to score a touchdown. Which not to say that he couldn't do it. Not to say that he couldn't do it. But would have. To watch him come back the way he did. And then all of a sudden him I mean, dude, just incredible. 
I mean, this is one of those things where you're watching him, and I, I agree, Jay. I can't stand the way he's over here all the time. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like, you just I, eventually you're watching, it and you're like, God, that would irritate me. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, him in a clutch situation, holy shit, man, unreal. Him and Andy Reid, just they're well, insane. Let's, dude, let's start with our mics because I know John. I know Boone, you're going in this direction here. Welcome into the O line committee. Welcome. Welcome. Into, we just we just completed our first ever football season on this podcast, mm. so. Give and it was incredible. Off, by the way. It was, it was <laughs> how overtime ending? I mean, a fucking overtime. I'm a how about oh, how about the who was the NFL uh, suit like the vice president guy that did media early in Super Bowl week, and he made a joke. He said, "Yeah, we got the script handed down to us by Roger Goodell in the league. This is the first ever double overtime game that you guys are going to see in a few days." Like he was, almost he, was presumably hey. joking, but. And it didn't go to double overtime, technically. Yeah, you know, he was sitting there like, please, no, please. No, no. Oh, God. No. No. <laughs> Literally three seconds away from everyone being like, I knew it. I knew it. Uh, all right. Obviously, my mic's going to have to be the Chiefs, man. And I, more importantly, these three guys. Because these three guys are... I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Order of importance, ready? A read, number one. The fact that he's still doing it and still having fucking fun doing it and the fact that everyone still loves him and still wants to go out there. And, I mean, the guy is... He's on every Allstate commercial. He's fucking hilarious, by the way. I think he's so funny. I really do. And then you see him out here and some of the plays that he runs, Corndog, you got fucking beat on a play called Corndog? Does he do you know how, all of, all of hey, his clever red zone plays yes, after, like, breaded state fair food? I bet you he does, like, cheeseburger... Bacon yeah. cheeseburger. Like, dude, this shit is funny. Could you imagine being in that huddle with three seconds left in overtime? In the hey, I want you, I want to go, uh, why corn dog? Unbelievable. Two, Patrick Mahomes. Phenomenal. Dude makes half a billion dollars. He's probably the only player in the NFL that th- actually deserves half a billion dollars. Carry that entire team this year. Through all the drops, through all the bullshit, through all the Instagram posts coming back at everybody. It wasn't about you guys. It was about the fans. Yeah, we're not an idiot, Kadarius, and neither are they. That's why you didn't dress, you hey, fucking idiot. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Good crazy. chance they're like, Put hey, the, the diamonds in yours are name. fake. The Put diamonds in yours are fake. Two-time Super Bowl champion. The diamonds in yours are fake. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Are you going to call me Want to call me a motherfucker again? Okay. They're not real. Uh, those are those Three. are taconiums. <laughs> they're so fake. Kelsey. There was a minute in that game where he was like, fuck, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to let my boy go down alone. He caught that ball, and he hit the afterburners on that, like, third and five. And it was a mesh route. And you could see three guys chasing him, and he was like, I will not be stopped. Like, he just – now, he took a hit, but it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. That that one safety destroyed his own shoulder? Broke his own shoulder, dude. That he tried to hit him as hard as humanly possible and (laughs) shattered his shoulder. Dude, it was – that was a malicious game. I mean, okay. that was one of those games well, where guys you, are getting since after you, it. Since you brought up Kelsey, here's the thing. How do we feel here at the O-line committee about what he did to Andy Reid? Because I am very much like, I'm Be not nice. okay with what I saw. Like, I, I'm really not from a couple different standpoints. One, the disrespect. and like, There's something about your head coach where whether you love him, you hate him, or anything in between, you don't go up and do what you did to him and chest bump him and yell in his face and and all those things on a public setting. If that's closed doors and you have that kind of relationship with him in a meeting room where you feel you can stand up and say that type of thing, mm. but the, I don't buy the whole emotions were high, that's my boy. Like If they lose that game, 
I feel like this is a way bigger issue and a huge deal compared to what it is now where it's just going to get swept under the rug. That's my first issue with it. The second one is you need to know better about who's watching this game. If you say you want to stand up and represent the younger fans and you want to be a leader in the NFL and in the community and all that nonsense, you can't show a generation of young fans that that's acceptable to do. And I've yet to hear him publicly apologize. Maybe I missed it yesterday. He joked about it. He joked about it, but I think he needs to stand up and and, and publicly apologize, saying, hey, my emotions are high, but you should never do that to your head coach. I don't know. How do we feel about it? I'm very I agree. I, I don't I did not enjoy what Travis Kelsey did to Andy Reid in that moment. I'm not gonna lie, my wife brought it up to me. She was watching the game with me, surprisingly. And I think it was was more for the Swift because she watched the second half too. I couldn't believe it. But she, <laughs> no, at one point, lie. it was for Usher, buddy. She, <laughs> she, she wanted oh, to see yeah. forty five year old Usher just shit my, 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 my wife was yelling, fashion. "Take off your shirt!" The entire first <laughs> hey, six minutes can of that we performance talk and about the kind of dancer he is. He's hey. phenomenal. He moves on that stage. Forty five. Shit, dude, get it, bro. You hey, are would you would you guys watch. would you guys let Usher? By the way, uh, Alicia Keys is married. Would you let Usher? Hug your wife like that in front of a hundred twenty million not. people. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, no shit, Touch my dude. Wife. Came on. <laughs> I mean, that was. Uh, that was but it, it shit like, got red real quick, guys. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know. No, I. But hey, going back to what we were saying, I agree with you one hundred percent. Just because your boys with somebody doesn't mean you get to go over and start yelling at them and chest bumping them. Two, because it was Andy Reid. Like, he is one of the oldest, one of the most do not push me. And Travis literally went up and was like, what the fuck? And, like, drilled him. And it was like, in that moment, dude, I'm surprised somebody on the sideline wasn't like, that's enough. Like, that is absolutely way too. Dude, dude. Jarek. Jarek was McKinnon was the one that was yanking him away. Yeah. Bro, I, I agree with you. That's not cool. And I feel like it's kind of been the theme a little bit this year with him, too. And that's why I put Kittle above him. Because Kittle doesn't have these moments where he fucking loses his mind. Yeah, he gets mad, but he'll go out and just smear a defensive end all across the field. Which, for me, is fun. That's how football's supposed to be. I get mad, I turn up, I go crazy. I don't turn around and punch the head coach and go, <laughs> Why wasn't I in? Because, uh, dumbass, you needed a water break. Yeah. Uh, hello? That's how the I, fucking game goes. Yeah, I, I love that Twitter dragged him a little bit for that too. I, I was little, funny. I was a little worried that people were gonna be like, "Oh, it's okay, you know, emotions were high." Like, no, that's not the head man, dude. Not the head like, man. Even like uh. young players on your team, like there's a lot of people that look up to you as a leader. Like, and that's just something you cannot do as a leader. You got issues like that, put it in a closed door meeting. You know, I I agree with you guys. It was. It He'll was probably weird. bring it up on his podcast and apologize. And I went, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's okay. But yeah, I don't it, know. I have an issue. It was weird. My, my biggest takeaway from it, though, was you got uh, probably 50 million Taylor Swift fans watching football for like the first time. It was like their first actual Super Bowl immersion. Mm. And they're watching Travis Kelsey show some dark sides of his personality for the first time. <laughs> there was that subsection of, of football yeah. and Taylor Swift Twitter that are like, wait a second. Wait, is, does he have rage issues? Oh, is can he, you do is that? He, is he can treating Taylor like this behind the scenes? What's is she blink blink twice, Taylor? If you're in danger in this yeah. relationship, Dude. my wife looked at me and was like, Mom, "I know for a fact you can't do that." Like, yeah, you should never do that. You should never do that, dude. Like on on Mahomes, real quick. It's it, in in Vikingsville here where we talk about like Kirk Cousins for six years. I feel like every conversation among the fan base is. With quarterbacks like that, with Dak, mm -hmm. with Tua, with like that that sort of B level of quarterback, 
it's always a race to figure out why it's not their fault, right? Well, Tua, I mean, the we- the weather was bad, and, you know, his offensive line didn't really hold up. And, well, the defense over here, right, we're just, like, making a list of reasons why he's not to blame for the loss. Patrick Mahomes, if you wanted to, could have those same lists, right, over, like, the last couple of years. Oh, they traded away the best receiver in the NFL or a future Hall of Famer, and... The offensive lines had some issues with injuries. My center keeps snapping it to my toes. Uh, the defense gives up a late score over here. My receivers lead the league in drops. Like that same list of excuses, he just overcomes it, dude. Like he he not overcomes it to win ten games and get to the division round. Like overcomes it to build a dynasty. Yeah, and that's like he is the ultimate. As we sit here and make excuses for everyone else, he just rises above the excuses and delivers hardware to Chiefs fans and to his teammates. I mean, this was, if I recall, this was the biggest cap hit that he's ever had. Yeah, I think it was 18, 18% of the cap was salary. And they did it as kind of a a reset year, you know, whatever. And they won. Now that team's just going to get better, (laughs) right? Like his cap hit's going to become less and less until they restructure. And... It's it, they're just gonna be able to keep going, getting more and more weapons. Like I don't think they can keep Chris Jones because he's gonna need about one hundred and twenty million dollars. But I mean, that team's not just gonna like fall off the map because money's actually gonna be back in the team's pocket to go spend starting in March. It's right. Crazy, and yeah, not only that, that's but- the craziest piece. You can finally go get some weapons for Patrick, and that's what's even crazier to think is he doesn't even have any weapons, and now you're like, dude, the back end of that secondary, if they can stay healthy and they can dude. be good, dude. McDuffie's a dude. When he blitzed and knocked that ball, like, Birdie had no idea where it was coming from, and he just the lane that opened I, up between the I left mean, tackle I, guard. I honestly didn't even see it. Like, I, I'm usually I don't think anybody good. did, dude. I'm pretty good at looking at the screen and being like, okay, it looks like slot pressure here. I was like, oh, cool. He's got one-on-one with Ayuk. And then as you said, set hut, and they rotated and came off the edge. I was like, oh, that was spicy. McDuffie. Like, that that was a spicy Spagnola blitz. That thing was yeah. that was a beautiful thing. I ho- I think we're going to break that one down, right, Mac? We got that one. Yeah. Oh, I'm guaranteed we, we have that one because that, that came out of nowhere. Spicy. We've got, dude, even so Brock we, was like, what the? where did he come from? <laughs> yeah. And he threw it, and McDuffie was like, nope. nope yeah. think so. our, our, our film this week is going to be, we're, we're on the Chiefs side, we're going to give you the full, not the full, but like most of the plays on the game-winning, Super yep. Bowl-winning drive. And then on the 49ers side, this is all on the O-Line Committee YouTube channel. Click that like button, the subscribe button. Uh, on the 49ers side, it's four plays they would like back. Mm. Three on offense, and then... One probably name all team. three of those. Yeah, you just named one of them. Those well, the, the other ones, ones Chris those, Jones coming those, through those that everybody was like, right there, "Why are we not blocking the hundred million dollar guy? Why are we not doing it?" Yeah, Burford's so, like, "I thought we were going left." Yeah. Well, J- down, yeah, keep J- it J- on J- the J- Andy Reid. Keep it on the Andy Reid uh, train of thought here. My mic is the overtime Super Bowl rules. Postseason, Ooh. right? Postseason overtime rules. <laughs> so you have two camps here at the end of the game. That an article came out. I think it was the Athletic. That was saying, hey, I asked both teams about the overtime rules. One team, the San Francisco 49ers, both Eric Armstead, Kyle Husechek, a couple of guys were like, yeah, we didn't really have any idea about the overtime rules until we were reading it on the big board. <laughs> right? We thought, yeah, you just want to get the ball first, go down, score a touchdown, game will be over, win the Super Bowl. Not so fast, my friends. right? And then you have the other side where – 
Chris Jones, McDuffie, those guys are like, we've been talking about the postseason overtime rules since training camp. And we've had a plan put in place since training camp on what we're going to do when we get in that situation, how we're going to react. This is what we're going to do and why we're going to do this. And this is the strategy behind it. And it just continues to pile on why Andy reads the GOAT. And I'm not trying to shit all over Shanahan here, but that's a poor job in preparing your football team. You have to go into that situation covering every single base. And somehow, somewhere, there's a quality control coach that's going to work this morning for the last time because he did not have <laughs> everything put in front of Kyle Shanahan Sorry, Bob, for fired. all of this. But that just it's it true. shows championship level. It's such a small small margin. Now, I'm not saying if they would attend on defense first, they would have won the football game. But I do believe that going on defense first is the correct strategy with these postseason rules, much like college, because you want to know what you have to do or you want to have the opportunity to win the football game if that's the choice you want to make in the overtime rules. But the fact that they had never talked about it and no one on the team knew anything about it is just a bad look for the San Francisco brass. Did, didn't Shanahan try to spin it? And maybe I don't know, maybe maybe he was trying to play some chess in his head, but that we went we went first on offense because if it was tied after the two guaranteed possessions, we wanted the ball first in the sudden death portion. Do you buy that? No, no. Because the players already came out and said they <laughs> no. had no idea about anything. I mean, dude, Jay's right. Yeah, when he, you talk he about tried saying, yeah, he tried, but when the players straight up were like, they already ah, told us. I don't know. know. Like, yeah. dude, I'm, I'm t- Jay's right. When you talk about a championship team and you want to know why this team's already being called a dynasty, is because they take care of the little details. It's the tiny details that you hit that make us move faster. And something like that is a tiny detail. Like going over this stuff, the fact that they were like, we've rehearsed this, we've done this, but they were also the reason that it was changed, right? Them and the Bills. Isn't that why they Josh changed Allen. it? That's a Josh yeah. Allen rule. Dude. That's the Josh Allen rule. But that's why I'm saying, like, I'm surprised nobody knew because when they started talking about it, even Tony and Romo knew. Like, Tony was like, both teams get a possession. And then everybody was freaking out when the time was running down. And Tony was like, why is everyone? Listen, I know everyone's freaking out. He's probably reading Twitter. <laughs> dude, like, I'm, we, I'm glad he explained we, that. We I were all most- kind of sitting there. And he was like, dude, everybody needs to calm down. It's just going to go into quarter two. But number yeah. one, the fact that nobody knew that. Did you think that the Super Bowl would tie? Yeah. Did you think? Like, I was uh, my son. Shake my hands, son go, idiots. Johnny goes, why is nobody moving faster? I go, well, Jay, no, it's the it, it Super Bowl. You but can't it wouldn't tie. have been a tie because they were losing. I think, I th- and I and I had I needed Tony Romo's clarification that wait a second, if so they they get their guaranteed drive, but like, do they get it into a second quarter? Because they were if that clock hit zero, they were still down by three. Right. They scored the they scored on the like with what two seconds to go. I'm, yeah. People are ripping on Tony Romo the last couple of days. I, I thought it was great him for clarifying in that. Oh, you, dude, that's the that's Niners could have used that. That's every yeah. commentator's dream moment, right? He's oh, like, yeah. I've rehearsed for this. Yeah. Like, I know nobody knows what's happening. Like, allow me to usher you into the overtime His rules. spotter was telling him probably. He was like, now, Tony, tell him this. Rule number one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Tony then just, like, blabbed all over the game-winning touchdowns. Like, this Super Bowl-winning touchdown, to be fair, atmosphere, crowd. Hey, like, Tony, just bring it down a notch. To be fair, the Chiefs low-key fucking did the Niners dirty because the clock was running down and everybody was like, oh, they're freaking out. Everyone's like, no, they're going to go into a second one. And then all of a sudden, everyone was like, okay, well, we're probably just going to go into another overtime. And then with like literally three seconds, they ran a play. And everybody, I think everybody fell asleep because Tony Romo was talking and the Niners defense was even like, hey, we'll go into another quarter. We got this shit. And then all of a sudden, nobody had a chance. And it was like it got swept right out from underneath them. And it was low-key fucking kind of funny. I'm not going to well, lie to you. I mean, even Mahomes had to explain to 
with Hardman, right? Hardman's won the college. Yeah, McCole, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he had to explain to him, like you just won the Super Bowl. He didn't really right? like, fully know. He he's didn't like, really. Uh, fully, he's he's like, like, this is good. I just and I think he dropped the ball. Like dumb, dumb. That you, you want that football? Like <laughs> yeah. you don't want to give that. Thing don't up. give that up. Right, but yeah, no, I thought that was interesting. Um, I ended up getting dragged to a Super Bowl party. Believe it or not. Yeah, dude, and you were you were all clowning. Uh, listen, uh, your your listen, rant last week kind of went listen, viral for us a little bit. I'm not you happy up about it. Tournament. I'm not happy. Send me about a picture, dude. I had <laughs> two of my best friends. We were gonna meet together with their wives. We we're gonna order some pizza, some wings, and watch the game together. Right? Not a Super Bowl party. Just your boys. All of a sudden, they bail last minute. The wife's like, "We have a sitter. I'm not staying home with the kids." And I was like. She's like, we're going to this pickleball tournament because it's my friends from church. I was like, okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna die on this hill. And everything, at the, everything was fine. Like it was all right. They all knew. Leave me alone. Leave me in my corner to die. And as I was watching it there, everything was good until the final drive of overtime. No, dude. final drive of overtime. I'm standing up. What? Wait. What was the TV situation? The, so it was a giant shop, like a huge shop. You can park three semis in the shop, and then they it's up in the out in the country, and they have pickleball courts cut off. But then everyone like get pulled chairs around. Like I brought my own lawn chair. I parked my ass in front of the TV and didn't like <laughs> don't bother me, except for the last drive. This guy he had probably a dozen twisted tees, and we're watching the game, and all of a sudden I'm like calling stuff out and yelling at the TV, right? It's the final drive, and he goes, you play in the NFL? Oh, like, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yep, sure did. He goes, no. Oh, you can, no, for who? You can't say yes. Well, because I'm not going to lie. Everyone around there knows I did. Like, I don't know who this guy is. And then he goes, you play in the NFL? And he goes, oh, who'd you play for? I was like, oh, Chargers, Vikings, Panthers, Bills. He goes, oh, do you miss it? I was like, every day. And then he's like, so like what's, what's the, the, yeah, is the, right? literally, this is what's happening. He's like, so what's the difference? It's just like a lot faster than college. I was like, yeah. And he just started, kept asking questions. And I was like looking at my wife and she's like, shh, Because she's, I was like, I'm going to punch this dude in his teeth. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. And like, he just kept talking and talking and talking. And then at the end of the game, he was like, what do you, why is the game over? There's there's six seconds left. No, he's, dude. He's like he's like arguing. Uh. He's like, they should have a chance. That's not fair. That's not fair at all. They should have a chance. I was like, goodbye. I'm leaving. I'll I talk gotta to go. you guys later. Like they, it, they oh, theirs, dude, it was it, everything was fine until the last ten minutes was my living nightmare of a Super Bowl party. Oh, <laughs> I love hey, you, you low key fucked up when you said yes. I'd have been like, nope. Wish I could have, but I didn't. But how do you? But the problem is, like, for you guys, it's, it's easy for me to not have to oh, confess to being an NFL player, right? <laughs> Five foot seven and three quarters, or whatever. But like, you guys are both like six foot seven and clearly have. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's clearly hard to hide. I know. Oh, you play yeah. NFL? I was like, God. Why are you no. Me right no, I'm an accountant. Would you like yeah. your taxes? Well, taxi. I'm an actuary. Out. All right, yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> And then he kept like patting me on the back. Oh, oh don't fucking touch me! That's dude. the last thing you want to do is touch me. Because I was like, like bent over and like slamming the chair. Right? He's like, "It's okay, man. It's okay." I was like, "Stop, stop." <laughs> I just get worked up thinking about it, man. I love oh it. god, like, it's the, 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 ex- the exact the exact caricature that you ranted about last you week. You went off like, on it, dude. I'm not gonna lie. And then you sent us a life. picture, and I think we were low key confused. We were like, "Wait a minute, weren't you the one that said don't fucking go anywhere?" I didn't want to be there. 
but there was a hill You're a fraud, dude. On. You're a I'm hypocrite. A I showed I'm it to a, Johnny. A, I go, look where he is right now. Johnny was like, why the fuck is he playing pickleball? I didn't play a single ounce of pickleball. <laughs> I don't fucking know, I, didn't, dude. I, I wore Crocs. I was like, don't ask me to play. Don't look at me. Again, I parked down. I ate some wings. Do you need they shoes, had, though, to wear pick, in pickleball? Bar. Do you even need shoes? You barely move. Yes. Dude, my knees, my knees hurt so bad. What's up with everybody and their knees in pickleball? You don't even dude. move. Yes, you do. Have you ever played? Clearly not. Okay. Yeah, You're bending you know over a lot too, right? Yeah. Like it's a lot of it's yeah. a lot of bending and jumping and moving and it's not good for you. You wouldn't Did you, you even like hang out with your wife at all during these three hours? She sat next to me. Yeah, okay. she sat next like, to you me. Could she you loves, she loves home, the NFL. Yeah, we could have stayed oh, yeah, home, we, but she she didn't want to put the kids to bed and all that fun stuff. I'm so. not I, I'm not mad at her. That's actually a great call. Like, hey, listen, if we don't have to do it tonight, let's let somebody else do yeah. it. And we'll go just sit in a corner somewhere. I'm cool with that. Go to the Legion. Dude, Fuck there's yeah, dude. nowhere to go. I was like racking my brain. I was like, there's got to be somewhere we can go where there's not going to be people. Like, Do you have a legion people. in Nebraska? No. no? Oh, you guys are missing out because the Chan Aston Legion is. That's right. Yeah, that's right with I, food. I'd throw that out there because all my friends were giving me shit, especially the ones that watch the you podcast. You deserve it, man. There's multiple people at the show that watch the podcast. When I walked in, they're like, oh, oh you're here. And I was like, listen, <laughs> you are not my first choice. All of you understand that. None of you here were my first choice. Not a single person. <laughs> I don't want to be here with any of you. But no I'm here, contact, and now no we're here, questions. and leave me alone. <laughs> Dude. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I have one more, I have one more Kyle Shanahan thing for you guys. Yeah, what's up? Go so, all right, Mike Mike Florio, Mike Florio loves the day after the Super Bowl. Man. Oh, just, he lives for it. Dude. Just comes in, he lives for it, picking the meat off the bone of the dead Fucking body Florio. the day after the Super Bowl. So he's got some Kyle Shanahan. I don't even know if you call this speculation or what, but he basically wrote an article comparing Andy Reid with the Eagles, who regular season success would go deep in the playoffs. Would go. They went to like four NFC Championship games, the Super Bowl. Couldn't get over the hump. And he speculates, could Shanahan need the same sort of fresh start? Has Because there's a lot of, and, and Booney, you probably hear it, like you're a former 49er. There's a lot of 49er fans that are just sort of emotionally at the end of their wits with Kyle Shanahan because he keeps getting close and then his players don't know the overtime rules or, so, or something happens, right? He, and if you go back to that Atlanta game, he was the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. in the 28-3 debacle. Yep. He has now been one of the overseers of three blown double-digit Super Bowl leads, going back to Atlanta and then twice with San Francisco. Where are you guys at with Kyle Shanahan in terms of, like, can you keep pushing this rock up that hill after losing again in the Super Bowl? 
Yes. Or does he need a fresh start somewhere? No. No, I'm not getting rid of Kyle Shanahan yet. I, I believe in Kyle. I'm 100%. And I never, totally understand what people say because at one point I was that guy in the room. Like, what are we fucking doing? Beating our head on a wall for nothing. Right? Like, it's just, it gets hard. But at the same time, there are not that many good coaches out there. I'm sorry. It's hard to rally these guys. It's hard to rally these teams. And no offense, but everybody all year kept telling him how bad his fucking quarterback sucked. Oh, he's just a game manager. He's just this guy. He's just this guy. So to get all the way to the Super Bowl with a game manager, dude, I mean, we're talking about a team that's been here twice in the last four years, right? Been in the playoffs every year. I mean, it should like, have been there. I mean, if Bird, if Bird doesn't blow his elbow up, they're in it last year. Like, that's it my should have been point. Chiefs like, Niners last year as well if Purdy doesn't blow his elbow up. But you can't get mad at a coach because he loses to the greatest player ever. Like, it's hard to go out there and do that. I get that you could be mad at the defense. Like, at one point in the game, you saw him motherfucking Steve Wilkes. Did anyone else catch that? Yeah. He called, he called a timeout. Called timeout. Yeah. Even my wife goes, why are they so off? And I go... Because he's going to get yelled at, for sure. And that was exactly Kyle Shanahan going, force them to make those fucking perfect throws every single time. Stop giving them five yards. Stop giving them the dink and dunks. I'm not so hard right now on Kyle Shanahan. I'm not so mad about it. Dude, he went out there and threw a double fucking pass in the Super Bowl. Fuck anyone that's like, oh, he sucks. He's not good enough because you don't have the fucking balls to even call that play. Dude called it and it scored, okay? Got to get off his balls a little bit. You got to start looking I mean, more at the defense and being like, hey, technically, it's your fucking fault. <laughs> what do you want to say? We scored as many points as they tell you you have to. Score over 21 points. You should win the game. If you don't, it's on the defense. What do you want us to say? What do you I want mean, to say? For me, I kind of think about it as like, were people really all over firing Tony Dungy because he couldn't beat Brady? No. Like, and he had Manning. Like, I get it. You you had Manning, right? And I, he's supposedly one of the greats, too. But, like, he couldn't be Brady for how long, right? Like, I don't remember people calling for Tony Dungy's head in Indy. Maybe I wasn't an Indy fan, and so I wasn't listening to it, or I wasn't into the Colts media, or it wasn't a major market like San Fran was. You know, but Tony Dungy was with the Colts for seven years, I think it was. Or, I mean, I, I, can't, I, think, it, I think that's right. And I just, I don't remember people being like, ah, he can't beat Tom Brady, who's the GOAT, like, Send I mean, him out of town. Twitter didn't exist at that time, yes, really. That's so you, you may not have fair. seen people's but we, opinions. But. We don't remember anyone talking about Tony like that. Like Coaches weren't kind of called out like that. Like People weren't like, get rid of him. Get a new guy in well, that, here. Like, that's the era of college. That's the era of that's exactly I'll say college, NFL. People like, think it's just going to change. That's the era of football. It's like, yeah. the grass ain't always greener, friends. No, like, it's not. It is, it is like, you could have Joe Judge walking into your program and be like, I got you to the promised land. <laughs> Right, like it, it can go south so quickly, and when you have a great coach, and Shanahan's a great coach, yeah, like you don't want to just be like ah, because of you can't win the big one against the best, you got to go. I think you what's tough go. is, dude, teams, teams, and well, fans on one side, and then owners and front offices, you're always looking for the next chess move in the NFL, and oftentimes, I, I would say what like a third of teams determine every year that the chess move is firing a coach because you're the Panthers, or you're you just hit a wall. And you can't make the playoffs. In this case, it's really frustrating because the answer might just be you've got one of the three or four Try best again. coaches in the league. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go again. You just, you just ran into one of the five greatest coaches of all time and maybe the greatest football player of all time. Yeah. And it sucks to hear as a if you're a fan of the Niners, if you're the if you're the ownership group, right? Like 
there might not be a chess move. I mean, there's like roster chess moves, but there might not be a big if you okay, if you fire Shanahan like and that. hire this guy. Jed's not like that. He would never do that. He's not that kind of guy. He's very calculating. He's very smart. I don't uh, think. I mean, John Lynch. The being a former, John Lynch being a former player too, right? Like he he's he's smart enough, and he can sit on enough team meetings, and he can sit in on enough like around the building type stuff to understand if the coach has the team or not. Right. And I think that will be that will be the ultimate. All the stuff we just speculated and talked about is up in the air. Ultimately, John Lynch will make that decision when he walks around the San Francisco building and he talks with the players and when they go, do you still believe in Kyle Shanahan? Right. Because if the players don't believe in him and the players have lost hope in him, then it's probably time to move on because that's a harder hill to climb back from than being able to block out the noise from the fans or like settle the unsettled owners. Like if you can't get the 53 dudes to be like, we want him, we rally behind him, we love him, but we believe in him, then nothing else matters. How hard is that in a locker room now? If you guys, you guys are, I mean, Booney, you guys almost won the Super Bowl 10 years ago. How hard is it to come back now if you're the 49ers and say, okay. Whew, okay, that was tough. We it's went to the end of overtime. Let's push the, it up the hill again. These guys have been doing it for like what the last four years. They've been going deep yeah. into the playoffs, and that's Jay and I talked about this last time. And that's what we went through in Frisco the three years we went to the NFC Championships. You're tired. You are really, and it's so hard to explain because it's not like oh I could just go to bed. It's like your body's like I'm tired. I'm physically fucking tired right now, dude. And people are like, come on, we got to keep going. And you're like. I'm just tired. <laughs> I can't explain month, it yeah. to you. Two month off season. Two I don't know what to tell off. you guys. Yeah, and it's and you're and like all my Jay's clients point. just got back from vacation. Like yeah. all my clients that ended their season, like they they all got back from vacation. Like all the jokes about like oh they're flying to Cancun, like that shit's real. No, it's right? very like, real. Like you dudes bounce. See ya first week in February. Don't call I'm me. Gone. Don't look like I'm out. And so yeah, I'm like oh needed that man like body feels so much better i'm ready to get back into training ready to go these dudes aren't even moved home yet no like, they, like they're gonna get home at the end of february and be like well i guess i'm going back in six weeks like it's that's not enough time for your body to regroup from a grueling season like that it's just tough hey to uh jay's point that's a great call because uh there has been times where people have come to me and been like how's the team have the is the owner has the, has the head coach lost them are you guys giving up on this shit or what? It's like, no, we're good. We're good to go. They they will come to you and ask you straight up, like Jay said. The GM will come and be like, tell me right now, are we fighting another year with this dude? And you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're going. We're go time. It's I don't see this team at all being like, oh, Kyle ruined it for us. I see them being like, we were a little they underprepared. Do, they do have some cap issues. Like, well, they they'll figure, they hey, they kick that can down cap. the road. They, come on. Been, it, the chickens are coming home to roost. Like the cap until the Saints, the, until the Saints get punished, like Saints are eighty million. No, until they get punished, the no one's getting punished. Yeah, eighty million. Mickey, how far are we going, dude? Are we going to go nine <laughs> figures into this hole? Because Jesus, you're never climbing out of that, dude. He's just, like, he's just taking the national cap? debt approach. Someone is else will pay it eventually. Benson's like, I got still it. Still on their cap. It's ridiculous, yeah, man. dude. Um, all right, my mic, boys. My mic is a man that you guys are both very familiar with in your playing days in the NFL. This is a man who has a head coach and a defensive coordinator has coordinated 11 top 10 national football league defenses. And he is here to help push the Cowboys to the next level. Mike Zimmer, officially the new defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, your 
former head coach of the Vikings. Go ahead, Jay. You take this one. No, oh, Alex, he's your best friend. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm so good on this. What's the last time you guys a... spoke? It ended really I don't even well, have right? A comment. It ended I... really well. Last time you guys had a nice face to face conversation. To be fair, the last time we saw each other, we just walked by each other. Like, we had never <laughs> known each other. And I actually really fucking appreciated that. Where, like, you don't at have a to grocery store? Was it in a Kowalski's? In Please no, tell me it was in a Kowalski's. We were at the combine. It was hilarious. I was with all the boys, and they were like, who is that? I go, don't know. Never met him before. Did he see you? I mean, yeah. you've lost, we you've made lost direct eye way. contact. Zero yeah. love lost. Zero fucks given. Going to be honest with you. Okay. Good luck. Put that aside. What do you think of him as a defensive coordinator? Oh, he's phenomenal. The Cowboys. There he's you go. Great, he's a great defensive coordinator. There's no Cowboys question about fans it. Cowboys are like, oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody said you have to like the guy. I mean, some defensive coordinators are assholes. I don't know what to tell you. It's just in their fucking blood. I don't know. We don't get along. I have no love lost. He's a great DC. Over switch two. I know the exact call he's going to make. Switch two. I'm not an idiot. Right? Check palms. Here we go. Check it, dude. Let's go. Micah Parsons, congratulations. You're going to be the number one pass rusher, apparently, because in your mind, you are, like, totally shitting all over T.J. Watt. Like, who is this guy? Yeah, that was uh, incredible. What do you mean, who's this guy? I just saw him get, like, six sacks in a game. It's okay. I mean, yeah, Zimmer is who he is as a guy. Though, I mean, he is, and he's unapologetic who he is, which I can respect, right? Hey, you are who you are, which is you're grumpy, you're an old man, get off my lawn on your soapbox type of thing. Totally cool with that because you own it. But as far as a scheme, schematically, X's and O's piece, he's an elite defensive coordinator. Like the third downs that he would put in when I was running scout team with the Vikes, trying to get things picked up and trying to understand, hey, are we pushing through to get four strong? Are they bringing four weak? Like, how are they doing this? The double A-gap mugs and the, the disguising on the back end and the free safeties roaming around. He's got all the fun tools to play with in Dallas because the talent level of Diggs and Bland – uh, Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and you know he has everything that is was the Vikings in 17 through 19 call it and everything's there laid out for him on top of the fact he's not stupid and he understands like if things don't go so well initially here for my guy Mike who I love my guy Mike McCarthy here do you think there's a component of that that's interesting I do I do think there's a piece where he goes, man, if this thing comes off the rails early in the year, they may call for his head, and who better to slide in and take over the head ball coach role than good old Mike Zimmer, right? I think that played a certain factor into this decision. But I do think he's going to do a great job down there. I think he's going to be phenomenal for that. He's got some talented pieces, that's for sure. I mean, isn't part of the reason, I mean, just for Cowboys fans, for context, uh, the the last few years of – I mean, he was cantankerous for eight years as a head coach with uh, with the Vikings. And famously, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago on Hard Knocks, you can find him. He became kind of famous because he was just dropping F-bombs left and right on Hard Knocks on HBO. But he was more of a defensive coordinator head coach with the Vikings for eight years, right? And mm-hmm. he kind of he rubbed some people the wrong way toward the end. I mean, like the, the Vikings team leaders, like Brian O'Neill came out after Zimmer got fired and said, you know, we really just kind of want someone that's going to say hi to us in the hallway once in a while. You know, like it just but if you're a defensive coordinator, you don't have to worry about like no, culture no. building as much. And, they don't care. Right. Yeah, just that's, go they're they're, they're building killers. They want dogs. They're out there. They're literally firing their guys up all day. They think opposite of us. We're creative and fun. They're rude and shrewd. 
Like they're just <laughs> not even kidding you. Like they're straight yeah. to the point. You're literally like, hey, what's up? They're like, go fuck yourself. You're like, what kind of day it's going to be? Cool. Third down mm-hmm. blitz. Can't wait to smoke one of your boys. Yeah, good luck. Good fucking yeah. luck. I'm bringing two of them. You're like, okay. okay. Yeah. Tough guy. So, but I mean, they, God, they're just, the, it feels like the Cowboys have a roster. It feels like. It They've feels had like a roster, right, dude. Right yeah. there. That's why everybody's pissed. Everyone's yeah. literally like, what the hell is going on? We have a really good roster. And no offense, but for the longest, they had one of the best O-lines. Like, they were doing it year after year after year, and they just wasted all those five guys for years and years and years. And that's fucking hard. It is so hard to have the best O-line for years and years. That's why everybody's like, get rid of Mike, because they're pissed. And Dak's getting older, and that offensive line isn't what it is, and eventually you're going to run out of defensive pieces. Yeah, because everything you talked about with Shanahan, right, about like the tired of it, like that's a different conversation in Dallas. Right? The, the Shanahan, oh, you made it to the Super Bowl. Yes, they were prepared. You lost to Mahomes. Like, that's a totally different conversation. Like, you can't get out of the first round. Yeah. Like, you can't beat the 9-8 and eight Green Bay Packers who came in here and you guys are so good at home and light the world on fire and you get your noses rubbed in it. That's a totally different conversation from Jerry Jones in the world of they might that might not even matter. Like you might go to McCarthy and be like, you are in thin ice. Like thin. thin. Like, this thing goes off the rails early because that's another one where the teams probably look around like, what the hell are we doing? Why are we why are we running this back again? Right? Why are we? Why are we running this back versus San Francisco? Like, no, no, run it back. We're good. Run That's one where I could see the team internally in Dallas being like, "Why are we running this back with this dude again?" Like, obviously, it's not working. That's where I think Zimmer saw a, a void. He's like, "I have familiarity with Jones. All this that if this thing goes off the rails early and they fire McCarthy, I would be the one to step in and try and lobby myself back into the head coaching realm in the NFL." That's some calculating shit, dude. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. because you, you know Zim. Thing. You oh, know, know Zim. Tell me that's not a Zim move. 200%. Tell me that's not a Zim move, No, it is. Dude. But listen, your defense better be playing very well. Like, they better be they, lighting they, it they up. They have too many talented guys not I know. To. I'm just saying, if you're going to take over as the like, interim, you better be fucking killing You it. think if Carolina called him and was like, you want to come coach this defense? He would have been like, no. mm, go fuck yourself. No, no Like, chance. no chance. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, the, the, the calculated nature of the he, he, he wasn't he's been out getting paid by the Vikings for like the last two years. Oh, he's, he's been he's living like, on his ranch in Kentucky, yeah. healing 40, that eye up. He's 40, thousand acres in Kentucky. Yeah. That eye is healed up. He's not going to lose it anymore. Hey, the <laughs> other the other finalist, I guess you would say for this job was Rex Ryan. Who's been out of the game for Stop probably it. seven or eight years? Did you Stop. see that? That was yes. that was not no. That, There's that had no to be fake way. news. I, I, fake I, news. I, I thought no, it was a dude. I thought it was a parody account when I read that he interviewed. I was like, no and way. This was, dude's dude, on like was, Good Morning Football right now. He was so he does the Sunday ESPN pregame show reviews, yeah, but he yeah. also does the Monday uh, Get Up with Mike Greenberg yep. and those guys. Yep. And he was like, he was off the show the Monday after the Super Bowl because this job was still up in the air. So he, you know what? He was a finalist, I'm, man. In a minute, Peter Schrager is going to get a, get an interview. Peter, <laughs> what? Come, come interview, come interview to be the head coach. You th- what you think? You think being out of the game for yeah, for I do. six or I seven do. years, two hundred percent? Because you're going to come into a team with a guy like me, and I'm going to laugh at you. I'm going to be like, weren't you on fucking TV for the last ten years? The <laughs> fuck you know? I am not nice when you walk into my room. I'm telling you right now, you better be confident. Okay, but he does have a ton of credibility between like two thousand and. What 2016? And that Eight doesn't matter. Ago? That doesn't matter in today's NFL for you guys. Not really, dude. You—that's the thing. You have to be relevant. You have to show that you've just 
done it somewhere. Like, you, you pull this guy out of a fucking studio. He's just still, he's just still scarred from Jeff Saturday. Don't don't worry. He wow, still I totally forgot. He about just that. still has oh, here we deep, go. Round two. Ding, deep trauma. Ding. Right. He's got trauma built up in his I heart do. from you Jeff Saturday. Respect, dude. So you, you just, hear his little brain in there. Here's like TV commentator coach and just goes to a real dark place. So you have to dark. forgive him, people. Dark. You have to forgive his. his you don't. Little I'm brain. sorry. I like the guys that sit in the dark rooms with me and throw shit at me. I'd rather have a guy like that be my head coach than the dude, guy that's like I pull the telestrator up. Oh, okay, listen. Let's show them cover too. That's not how the coaches talk in the rooms. Just letting everybody know, okay? Dude, I, I think Booney and Rex and I would get along very well. I agree. I think, yeah, you guys both love feet. Especially. I am. Back oh. to the Zimmer thing before, real quick. I'll be curious how that first interaction with old uh, Diggs goes, because the Diggs Zimmer relationship was not great. Right, oh. that's no secret. So I mean, yeah, Stefan Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs was Diggs not. But, was not but, but Trayvon was, you know, probably a sounding board for. Yeah, yeah close. it'll be interesting. I think that'll be an interesting dynamic to get over. Um, you know, because you know Trayvon's going to call Stefan, and who knows what Stefan's going to say. But I think that'll be that'll be something to look at. That'll be an interesting to have those two coexist in that one too. Because if I'm Diggs, though, I'm looking at what he did with Trey Wayne's. I'm looking at what he did with Xavier Rhodes. Like I'm looking at what he did with Terrence Newman and all those dudes, and going, okay, this dude can, this dude can, this dude can get a lot out of me if I trust him, and I need to trust him, and I need to get over the hump of like you, my brother, not great friends. <laughs> like it wasn't, it was no, there was no love lost there at the end between Zimmer and Diggs. I want to know what Stefan's gonna say too. I'm so curious. Like Trayvon's gonna come, like, what do you think? <laughs> The next words out of his mouth, I want to know what they are. I just want to. I might even call him and be like, what'd you tell him? What'd you tell him? Uh, we'll see. Uh, do you guys have any other mics before we get to dumb football questions here? Get some good dumb football questions this week. Oh, I got I got one more. I, I didn't realize it at the time because I, I probably was in the camp of Miles Garrett should win defensive player of the year. But when you really look at the comparisons between Watt and, and Garrett on a facial, face-to-face level, was TJ Watt robbed? Should he have won Defensive Player of the Year? I'm kind of torn back and forth. I think the answer is he was robbed a little bit. You know, when you look at production, and it kind of goes back to the idea of perception is reality. And I think a lot of that is because when you watch a Browns defense you see Miles Garrett everywhere, right? He is the full. Well, yeah, there's point. like th- there's that clip of the two tight ends trailing. Yeah, him yeah the the right. There's a focal point to that versus Watt. I don't think has that focal point of that defense because there's a lot of other really great pieces on that defense too. But I don't know. There's a part of me that watching it back and going back and looking a little bit more. I think maybe T.J. Watt was robbed of Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know. What do you guys I, I got the I got the the statistics here for you guys. I know you guys. Defensive yeah, is more of a statistics position, though. It, it is. really is because it's but a too, production think, based league. I think a lot of it too was the narrative that was spun, and a lot of that came from the media. Was that Miles Garrett was carrying this team? We we kind of add, I added to it. He was there was a game, and I I can't remember what game it, it was. was but he went, it was it Indy? When he where blocked he had the, the block field goal, field goal. He had the f- yep. two fumbles, and like you go out there and do that in a game, people are quickly going to be like, "Yep, you're helping this team." And this was right when Deshaun Watson was out, and they were kind of going through some shit, and they were still winning. Like people were like, "Damn!" Like I think when you stop at some point, you have to look at it and go, "Did one guy help his team more than the other?" Yeah, T.J. Watt's a phenomenal pass rusher, easily one of the best in the league. Like I'm not even discrediting him in the he's in the top three. I'm not going to like disrespect him like Mike. But did, even but at in the, the same game. time, but dude. 
like Miles shows up all the time. Like when you're looking, like he's just plays ferociously and the way that the team needed him this year and he showed up for him. Like that to me is like, yeah, you're deserving. And at the same time, it's like when it comes down to two guys at the end of the year, it's like someone's going to get fucked. There's no question. Like, yeah, a lot of people could be. Dude, I think you guys, this is, I don't know. I we It's always about sacks with these awards because sacks are the flashiest thing. So See, we always, or like if, if you like, we had a strip sack and re, you recovered it for a touchdown and there's like a flash play. But if you if you want to go off pressures, which are disruptions, I mean, yeah. pre- if, if pressures are kind of the heartbeat of Press, pressures and right? TFLs for me are the two ones that I look at because it's like that's a run and a pass thing, right? Right, yeah. like TFLs are meaning you're showing up on first and second down. Yeah, dude, Nick Nick Bosa and Aiden Hutchinson by a mile led the NFL in pressures this year. 122 pressures for Nick Bosa. Aiden Hutchinson had 120. My, my MVPs of. Uh, my MVPs of Fat Guy Fantasy. Your, were they both? I on think your I had fantasy? both of those players on. Fat I had Guy TJ fantasy. Watt. I had so, TJ Watt. So, th- th- so those guys had those guys had uh, like thir- thirty-five more pressures, almost forty more pressures than TJ Watt. And so Miles Garrett had eighty-nine, and then TJ Watt had eighty-six. But TJ Watt had more sacks. He had the nineteen sacks, and right. Nick Bosa had only only. 16 yeah. sacks <laughs> right only so i don't I, we, we I, I think we just look at sack totals and we're like ah, you know these guys had more sacks and so we're gonna stop looking any deeper max crosby had more pressures micah There's parsons another had more pressures josh allen had more pressures defensive mm-hmm. josh allen so dude there's some oh, i thought you were talking about offensive names. josh allen <laughs> Yeah, he probably could if you put him quarterback on quarterback had more pressures <laughs> dude as you list these are we this is this is hyperbolic, but are we in the greatest period of pass rushers in NFL? It's only, right it's, oh, only it's, it's, yeah. it's only gonna it's get better. It's only it's only gonna keep getting better. Crazy dude, dude. It's we part of why guys list down Khalil a lot. Mack, Daniil Hunter, they're, like they're unbelievable, and they're only they getting freakier. Like they're only getting faster. Like the dude who was the dude from Georgia last year that ran like a four three eight. Right, like was it Dean? I think his last name was Dean or something like that. He was like two seventy five, and they were like, oh yeah, this dude's a pass rusher. I was like. Four three eight. That's like nuts. what are we talking about? That's not that's, that's not fair. Speed. I can't go backwards that fast, dude. That's right? like I, you fast. want me to kick back at four three type speed? Like no chance. Dude. Like it, they're only going to get bigger. They're only going to get freakier. Like it's why offensive line play is becoming harder and harder. It's why mm-hmm. the mobile quarterback is becoming more and more important yeah. because you, like I said, you can be a great offensive lineman. You can. You can be great. You can be technical. You can be all the things. Sometimes those dudes are just freaks, and they're going to win based off of pure athleticism. There's just times where they're going to beat you by half a step, right? And that's just the way it goes. You have to be able to create and move and and do things off of that. I mean, how many times was Nick Bosa just half a step away? I mean, Donovan Smith held him like crazy, and it didn't get called. But, like, there was a few times where he was choke slamming, and he was just right there. That one where he, like, drops to a knee and pops up, and he's, like, swiping at Patrick's feet. Like, those dudes are just going to continue to get freaky and freakier. But I think you're right, Mackie. We're in the best, but I don't think this is going to be, like, the pinnacle. This is the climb. We are on the climb of what edge rushers are going to be in the NFL. Here's what's wild. So we just went over all these elite dudes that are in the mix for defensive player of the year outside the top 15 in in terms of pressures so we're now we're outside the top 15 guys like will anderson jr bradley chubb hassan reddick bryce huff from the jets montez sweat is outside the top 20 
And that's not a knock on Montez Sweat. I'm saying like it runs that deep mm-hmm, in terms right. of the, the top 20 or 25 deep. pass rushers. Jordan Karloftis, Trey Hendrickson. Like we even even named all these. Dude, teams. we haven't even hit the Cincinnati dudes. I agree. And that's one of the things that when we watch a lot of film in the gym, we're starting to talk about all these new moves that we're seeing. And we're starting to talk about all the new athleticism, especially when we talk to the guards. Like I'm yeah. constantly like, hey, listen, what we're doing and what we're seeing in the NFL is defensive ends getting moved in now. So now you have to become a tackle. You have to play with more space. You have to be alert for these things. Like I remember when I first got in the league, dude, three techniques were fat as fuck. I mean <laughs> yeah. like 360 pounds. Pounds, fucking like fuck your deuce. I'm not gonna let you eat me. And now they're Vince well fork out there. Three technique played Vince. Oh, yeah. Fucking fell on my knee. It hurt real bad, <laughs> real bad. Okay, like I remember. But those were the days when we were like, man, this is great. Because when we passed the ball, you were like, these guys aren't going anywhere. And now Jeremiah just said it. They're running four three speed. So you, I'm telling these huge 330 pound guards, like, hey, you got to be alert for quick moves in here. At the same time, they're going to start making you move your feet more than they're used to because they want to treat you like a tackle. So now you have to jump into this world, dude. It's a lot. Like they're the pass rushers in the NFL are fucking for real. And then you talk about the schemes that defensive coordinators are throwing at people and the twists and the overloads. And all of a sudden, we look up. It's in a ruby front. You're like, what the. Fuck? Where is everybody coming from? Like, I'm talking to guys in the gym, and I'm like, okay, next third down, anyone tell me this look? And they're like, never seen that before in my life. I'm like, fuck. Okay, here we go. Check it out. This guy's down. This guy's down. They're like, how do you know he's down? I'm like, oh, my God. Hey, did you play play in the NFL? Did you? I did not. I had a friend who taught me. I'm on a show. My friend teaches me a lot. I'm a podcaster. You need need some help with your finances. Uh, God. I'm a podcaster. Don't say that either, by the way, because that opens a whole new Oh, what's your show, bro? I'm a vlogger. I'm I'm a vlogger. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Hey, dumb football questions, boys. Yes. Oh, dude, we're in dumb football questions. This is heaven now. We have so many to get through, too. We have so many to get through. I'm so excited. We're uh, we're gonna play catch up here. So we're gonna do a we're gonna do we're gonna do more dumb football questions throughout the offseason. So keep submitting them in the YouTube comment section. No question is too dumb for dumb football questions. Mm -mm -mm. We also starting next week because, dude, we are. It's combine season where everyone gets Mm -hmm. a cocktail in them and starts uh, floating. Numbers and contracts. We're it's just Harry like spec- and Izzy, Harry and Izzy's gets a lot of yep. attention here in about a week. Prime speculation season prime. is in full effect. Yep. Jay, are we going? Are we going to Harry and Izzy's this year? I mean, yes, we'll be at Harry and Izzy's. We go to Prime Forty Seven. Oh, we're gonna be all there. The spots. We're gonna all be there. All the spots. <laughs> Dude, it's so it's all football. Oh, Dude, Prime, like- Prime, Prime. So for those of you that don't know, Indy has a steakhouse prime 47 that is like a very very nice steakhouse but all of combine week they stay open until like 7 a.m serving booze and they just go hey i know what this is i know what's gonna happen and they just eat the fine they just eat it right they're just like yeah cool whatever we'll just pay it dude that place you'll show up at 2 a.m and think it was 11 30 at night like i've been trapped in there it's a vortex like you walk out, like oh man, I gotta go to bed. I got a meeting at six. Is, this is I got a meeting is. at six a.m. and you're like, oh god, it's three. <laughs> like, dude, it's 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 like a vortex in there where it's just people leave. everywhere. You're it's talking, GMs, you're networking, scouts, agents, coaches, right, coaches. players. Yeah, dude, we walked in last year and there was a private meeting going on to the left, and it was like every head coach 
in the NFL. Yep. And they were just sitting there talking, laughing, and like you turn to the right and it's all the assistant coaches in the other room and players and it's it's a big like, Hey, what have you been doing? What are you up to? Oh my god, you're fucking coaching? Are you for real? Like, dude, it's so fun. Like you just run into all your old yeah. friends and you're like, dude, you're alive. The combine oh my god. dude, the combine lobby so of the fun. JW, the the lobby of the JW Marriott is every coach that wants a job, every scout that wants a job, like you go to Indy if you don't have a job and you're looking to rub elbows and you just have an open tab at the bar and yep. you find anyone that you can that you know and be like, let me buy you a drink, let's talk, and you just lobby for a job. I've seen it every single year, every single year. Yeah, dude. So we're you guys are gonna be down there. We're gonna we're gonna I think starting next week we'll do like a speculation season segment where mm. we can we can throw out a team, a player, yeah. and we can decide, hey, Caleb we'll, Williams dress gate. Oh my god, dude. Don't. It's too early. Oh it is god. way too early. And I mean that literally. It's not even six. <sighs> Who is his representation that's I giving don't know. him? I don't know. I don't I haven't even looked. Question. I haven't even looked. Because I just can't. For those of you that don't know, I'm gonna pull the picture up and show you here on the uh on the on the YouTube. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, I we lost just posted it. There it is. It's here a GQ it photo so, shoot, right? Caleb Williams did a GQ photo shoot. Yeah, I'll go full right? screen for you. GQ photo shoot. And this is what he decided to wear. <laughs> Right, I don't know what this is. I'm it's, not going to pretend. Like a, like I'm not going to pretend that I know what fashion is. Like I'm not. I'm a very boring human. But all I know is if you draft that man and you walk him into an offensive line room, and maybe times are different. Things have changed. I've seen Diggs walk in and crazy things. I've seen guys walk in and wild things in the NFL. But for a rookie to walk in the league like that, you're asking for problems. You're just you're asking for issues because there's going to be certain dudes in that locker room that aren't going to love that and they're going to let you know about it. It's there's no there's no protection. No one's coming to save you. No one's going to coddle you and say it's okay. You're going to get roasted for that. And, and I like, feel like that's not going to be the last time we see him doing something like that. Isn't it also like we're you know we're it's it's a GQ photo shoot, but isn't really anything that's sort of a look at me, shine a spotlight on me as a that's rookie. who he is. That's, that's who he is. That's who he's always been. Super interesting, man. I I couldn't believe. I thought it was fake. I thought it was fake. I really. I was like, he didn't actually do this. I was like, oh no, this is GQ. He actually wore a dress. He wore a dress as the number one overall just, pick in the NFL. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know what the, like, if you're, okay, this is the lead up to the draft, and you're looking to go number one overall. And then I would think, more importantly, you're looking to go and win and be a part of a, you're, you're, you're not looking to just be, like, the star that sits on top of an organization as a rookie, right? You want to integrate into a locker or whatever. Anything that's sort of look at me, like, no photo shoots. I don't need any photo shoots. I don't care, like, dress, no dress, just... I'm going to keep a low profile, number one overall pick, get to work, and then we can talk about commercials, endorsements, photo shoots, whatever the hell you want to do once you've had some success. That's Alex, you're I'm awfully quiet it. over there. Trying not to get a scandal. You're, 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 you're awfully, you're awfully quiet. You're awfully quiet in the corner over there, hey, buddy. You told him how I would have handled that the minute he walked in. <laughs> hey, Rook, come here. Hey, I'll talk about this picture with you real quick. Mm-hmm. Everyone says my wife's playing quarterback now. I want to show you why. Oh, man. Come here. I'm not against it. It's a fucking bad game, dude. And a lot of people get really, really hurt. 
I don't care what people say. You have to take it serious. You can't act like an idiot. And you do shit like that, and you're going to get roasted. It's an all-guys team. We are literally 16-year-olds in a 30-year-old body. It <laughs> never changes. And if you act like an idiot, the entire team. Dude, there's times where the coaches would put it in like the highlight reel. They would find oh, yeah. you doing something stupid, and they would put it in just to make fun of you. Because, number one, the team was going to laugh, which was great. More morale. And two... They're literally making fun of you. Like, dude, stop being stupid. This is not how football players act, right? We're supposed to be quiet. We're supposed to be left alone. You guys go out and draw all this attention. And drawing attention to yourself is not wrong. Like, to be the first pick, you're going to do GQ shoots. You're going to do stuff. You're going to be asked. Like, no one's going to make fun of you for that. You have to do that stuff. I get it. There's guys in the gym now that have to do stuff. Nobody makes fun of them. Like, it's just kind of the thing you have to do. But none of them are showing up wearing that because if they well, did, wait, everybody in the on. gym would be like, what the fuck are you wearing? But hold on. You've hit on something here, though, because I think I think you have to be someone that can be made fun of to be. Oh, oh you have, you have to have. Like, oh, like, yeah. Like, I don't. I'm Thick not going to skin. I'm not going to pretend to know Caleb Williams personally. One of my concerns would be, can you make fun of him? Like is he a guy well, that you can kind of can you uh, can you poke and prod Caleb Williams? But and, see, make fun and that of? was my issue with him as far as going all the way back. And I know we're supposed to be doing the football questions, so it's fine. But going all the way back to when they lost to Utah, right? Or maybe it was Washington. I can't remember where he was, I think it was bawling, Utah. bawling in mommy's arms in the stands, right? And that's where one of my first concerns of this dude lets his emotions control him. Mm-hmm. And you have to have thick skin in the NFL, not just from getting made fun of, but just from a coach who's going to coach you really hard. Right, if you don't get put with a lovey-dovey coach, if you get put with a, a Mike Zimmer or a Bill Belichick or one of these kind of harder-headed coaches, even a position room, a Brian Dable, like they're gonna come down on you and they're gonna scream at you and yell at you. If you can't handle that from a, a maturity emotional standpoint, you're toast. You're toast, dude. You, you'll you'll ruin. I've seen coaches ruin players like that. And when you have a guy like that, I agree with you, Mackie. I don't know if he can handle it. I really don't. Have you watched enough, just from like a, a like a talent standpoint? Have you watched enough games and film, Jay? To, you're yeah. super plugged into that scene. Is he if is he the number one pick in terms of just talent and everything you, compared if, to Drake May? If and- you if you were drafting off talent and talent alone, yes, right. If, if if it was nothing else, if there was no nothing else in the evaluator, right, nothing else in the evaluator, and you're going okay, arm talent, ability to throw the football where he needs to create with space that type of thing yes but i struggle with there's there's too much other stuff that are come in the evaluation piece when you're talking about a guy that's going to turn the keys to the kingdom over for five years that's the difference can this dude handle that type of responsibility is he leading 53 adult men who are older than him you know that's that's that's, that's, big, the key. that's that's the big question that's the big question i mean i can and, remember when they drafted josh out in buffalo and like you're like, he was a child. I, I remember I was I was there. I was in my fifth year. And they drafted, and I'm like, you are a giant child. And they just handed <laughs> you the keys to a billion-dollar car and said, yeah. please don't wreck it and drive too fast. And he didn't, right? But that's a gamble anytime you draft a quarterback in the first round. And that's why everyone's really hoping when you draft that guy, he has the emotional maturity to be able to handle that type of responsibility. Agreed. And not that he has to lead 53, but he has to lead 10 guys. He has to lead 10 guys out there. Initially. Those 10, yes. those 10 guys have to, because those 10 guys will be the ones that go to the other 43 and go, he's good. We're yeah. good. We're all right. Don't question us. We know what we're doing. We're fine. And then it goes on. 
Interesting, man. It'd be, uh, th- this lead up, man, you're going to hear so many things. So many smoke so, screens and so much stuff the next few weeks. So uh, we'll talk more about speculation season starting next week. Dumb football questions, boys. Let's start with this one from Zach Viking fan. Mm-hmm. I love football. And I have a so ten year old, a ten year old son. You guys love football too. You guys so do I. I, I enjoy, those. I, I enjoy a fan. casual romp on the yard. Yeah, uh, he has a ten year old son that watches all the Vikings games uh, with me. He says occasionally we'll watch other games as well. I want him to watch. I want him to learn. How do you guys? You guys, you guys have uh, you guys have boys who are getting into football for the first time. How do you guys handle watching the games with your boys and answering all of their questions? I want my boy to learn all that I know, but man, sometimes I can't handle answering all their questions during the game. I answer as many as I can before I run out of patience. Uh, how to help me as a football father? He wants to know. Dude, you're not the only one because during the Super Bowl, <laughs> Dad, I literally Dad. I looked at Johnny and was like, "Shut up! That's enough. That's enough of the questions. That's enough. That's enough. I can't do anymore." He was literally like, "Dad, what is this? I go to three by one." He's like, how do you know that? <laughs> See enough three by ones, bro. What do you want? What the fuck do you want? I'm trying to figure out this play. I'm trying to figure out what the defense is doing. I'm like, you're asking me too much. Literally, my wife was like, you can't ask him questions. He's going to blow. He's going to blow. <laughs> it is, it's hard, but I'll tell you what. There is no better feeling than watching the game with the boys. Like your mm-hmm. boys, it is so fun because we have a big we have a big uh, couch in the basement, and so the boys will come down here and watch with me. And it's fun when everyone's quiet and they're kind of getting it, but then it gets like super crazy. But that's how kids are, and I feel like it's hard for kids to watch a football game yes. because there's so much talking while the game's going on, and they're kind of like, what are we even watching? Like they're like, this is not how our games look. And I'm like, yeah, it's different. You know, they'll stay for about ten minutes and then they're gone, gone, gone. Yeah. My my son, my four my four and a half year old loves football. Like, and it's because it's all I do. Right? He comes down in the basement. I'm watching college football. I'm watching tape. He loves sitting here watching tape with me. And like as I'm rewinding fast forward, he's like, why are they going so fast? <laughs> like he's like, who are we watching? I'm like, oh, we're watching this guy. And like he's starting to learn the NFL teams. Like he refers to the Vikings as the horns. I'm like, oh, did the horns win? Right? Like, and he just he's starting to figure out he's a huge Giants fan for some reason. Not right? Like massive Giants fan. I mean, I think it's because John John Michael, my client, got drafted, so I talk a lot about the Giants. Yeah. yeah. So like huge giant. Like he'll cry if I tell him the Giants lost. Oh, but no, he dude. just emotionally I know I was like, buddy, you're setting yourself up for a lifelong <laughs> so you're, long not gonna, life. you're not gonna struggle. You're not getting drafted, you're not getting drafted crying to dad like yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I, he loves just being a part and it's something to do with me. Right, it's something to do with me. It's something to do with my wife, and we just kind of make it a normal habit of our household. Right, Sundays we watch football. Saturdays we watch football. It's what daddy, how daddy tries to provide and put food in your little belly, like all those things. But again, the questions come and go, and and you just answer them. But eventually, there's a time where like, buddy, just watch the game. Just watch the game. Just watch the game. Your little brain can't comprehend what you're looking at right now. Like, so just watch the game. I'll I'll explain it to you when you're older. And he goes, When I'm an adult, yes, when you're an adult, I'll explain to you what's going on. Like, okay. And so he'll tell people now, like, you know how four year olds barboon. They'll be like, My dad said, when I'm an adult, he'll tell me how to play football. I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Sorry, Karen. Sorry. Watch the game. He's he's excited. But no, I think the the big thing is just make it fun for him. 
right? Just make it fun, answer their questions, but also teach them there's a time to be quiet and not talk to people like on the final drive of the Super Bowl. Don't ever Daddy, let your did, son Daddy, be that did guy. You, did you Don't ever let your NFL? son be that guy. Did you play in the NFL? No, I'm an accountant. Hey, Shut up. Yeah. If it's the final if it's the final drive of the Super Bowl, don't don't speak to people. Keep your thoughts to yourself. Dude, it's so funny you say that he's a Giants fan because Bear is the biggest Niners fan because we have obviously all the helmets around the house. And yeah. so he woke up the day after the Super Bowl and was like, did we win? Yeah. No, dude, we oh. lost. And he like so mad. He started throwing his stuff around the house. <laughs> Chill, bro. Chill. You're not as mad yeah. as I am. Yeah. yeah, how do they? How do your kids? I mean, Booney, you're starting to see it now. How do they choose a team? Because you guys have your teams you've played for. Yeah, and and you can. And Jay lives in kind of neutral NFL territory mm-hmm. in Nebraska. Booney, you live in Minnesota, so yeah, they're also Vikings it. fans. Yeah, kid, okay. I just realized my kids stole my Chargers helmet. I don't know oh. what it is. Dude, they play football. They literally, my kids put the helmets on and smack each other until oh, one yeah. of them cries, and it's usually my daughter. So. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing, dude. But, I mean, as far as picking a team, I think, I don't know, I think just eventually it's going to be who we watch the most. Yeah. Like, I feel like as young, like, we watch a lot of Giants in this house. Like, we do. We watch a lot of Giants. We watch a lot of Bengals, right? You and Johnny are Bengals fans. As yeah, I get more clients, now. as I get more clients in the league, and we watch, and I think a lot of it, too, will be what game do I take them to, right? Who is who is Oliver's first NFL game? Right, if I do, because I'm going to take them to a game next year, whether it's Giants or Bengals, like early season before it gets too cold. Like I'm going to take them to a game, and sometimes that's all it takes is just one time. He's five years old, and he gets a chance to rub Panthers, elbows. Panthers with, Cardinals game, yeah, yeah right. Like yeah. no, I refuse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set him up for some type of success, right? And so just I think a lot of that's how it was. I mean, I grew up in Denver, so it was really easy being a Broncos fan in the '90s when they're winning Super Bowls and John Elway, Trell Davis, and all that. But yeah, yeah I think a lot of it's just going to be who we watch. Watch the most, especially for me being regional, kind of where I'm at. I refuse to let them be Chiefs fans. It's not going to happen. Jay, if we're taking boys to the game, you got better let me know. Oh, Kidding for me? sure. Bear yeah. wants a hot dog and a fucking pretzel <laughs> so bad. Every time That's we the go, problem, so- dude. You take those kids to games, you're feeding them fifty dollars worth so of freaking much. food. Dude, like it's just nonstop. Meat. I'm hungry. It's like here's a foot long hot dog. Shut up. <laughs> I'm hungry. Here's a bucket of popcorn. Shove it right. In. Like it's just they're just constantly eating and everything's so expensive. <laughs> it is, dude. We go to hockey games like every night, and every night Bear's like, "Can I get a pretzel?" I'm like, "Dude, enough with the five dollar pretzel." <laughs> Fuck. I'm so sick of feeding. You this <laughs> uh kihai wants to know on the subject of food here it's a dumb football question but more of a dumb food question he says uh what's your favorite wing flavor everyone i'm mm. currently big on caribbean jerk dry rub then tossed in honey habanero with ranch dip jesus that's his fa- that's very specific. i'm all about the uh if you go to wing stop and get the atomic i'm all about the atomic what's wrong with you no, no, I love spicy shit. You didn't know that? Atomic? I, I know you yeah. do, but atomic, that ruins yeah. your meal. I can't no, it doesn't. do that, man. It's no. amazing. I love it. And Too bad you, every time you go to Wingstop, they fuck the order up, so I'm done going there. <laughs> like, I'm just letting everybody know if you go to uh, Wingstop. Unless they want to Let's get them out for podcast. our sponsorship, yeah. huh? No more Wingstop. <laughs> hey, the Wingstop in Cali was amazing because the rookies always had to go get it before the game. I mean, it was phenomenal, but the one in Minnesota is crap. I'm just going to be honest. I'm super pissed off. The topic's Boone not even hot enough. Boone here for Wingstop. Yeah. Find your... <laughs> I'm a, dry, uh, I'm a dry rub guy, and I, okay. I love I love spicy foods. They don't love me, so I have to mm, like I'll eat fair. spicy foods, but it's got to be like a Friday night where I know I can kind of like maneuver my way around Saturday, Saturday morning. Home, you know, yeah. Be near your throne, your porcelain <laughs> yep. throne. It can't, it can't be a Sunday night, or I'm going to be. I'll tell you what. So 
we had some there's some spicy stuff with our Super Bowl spread. Mm-mm. It's Super Bowl Sunday, man. Let's just say on Monday morning, that spread took a three nothing lead on me before <laughs> seven thirty a.m., dude. More like seven nothing. Three fighting, nothing, man. Fighting the, fighting the uphill Capto battle. Bismol for breakfast. <laughs> How old are you, Mac? Twelve. Yeah, <laughs> my tum tum hurts. My tummy hurts. Uh, I'm so. I got spoiled because I got to live in the like wing kingdom of the world in Buffalo for two years. Barbill Tavern in Buffalo. Shout out Barbill Tavern. They, they, they'll actually send you wings, which I've ordered from there. They have a honey butter barbecue Cajun oh. that is unbelievable. Talk dirty. With a homemade blue cheese. Oh. It is by far and away my favorite wing. Hands Duh. down, let's go. Not right even now. that close. sounds amazing. Talk dirty. Oh, I'm Honey gonna go to. I need. To, I want to go out to a Bills game next year. Like I, I want to climb on the Bills back because I want to go back out there. I want an excuse to go back to Orchard Park, and I will go out there to Barbell Tavern and just gorge myself on wings. <laughs> sounds oh amazing. God, dude. Yeah, I've never. I've never been to Buffalo, New York. Never had. Uh, never I mean, had... Buffalo is not. I wouldn't call it a destination city. Orchard Park. Wouldn't call it a destination. Yeah, could city. you could you make it a couple's trip or is that tough to sell? Do you that's think a, that's a yeah. tough sell. The old tough lake. Sell. I mean, you can start the lake on fire, not necessarily somewhere you want to go. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! You leave that lake alone. Okay, that lake is disgusting. I used to live by that lake. Is disturbingly disgusting. Probably why I am the way I am. We yeah, swim in there a lot. you. Yeah, I saw pictures like of your child Shrek. Easy. Uh. <laughs> Was gigorgeous. <laughs> I mean, just ginormously large. Yeah, this dude was Shrek six eight at like fourth grade. I'm envisioning crazy. like like the first Friday the Thirteenth movie where Jason Voorhees comes out of the water. Yes, and like, yes. Like, that's Alex went in a normal twelve year old child and came out as like <laughs> Jason Voorhees. Yeah, yeah he just literally. came out as a giant Shrek. Dude, I showed a picture one time to Jay. I'll never do that again. See why you don't show people silly pictures? Because they just all never excited, forget. Like, oh, look they at never this fun forget. moment with me as a kid. And he's like, you look like... <laughs> he Dude, was like our... Have you not seen this picture, Mackie? No. Oh, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll find it. It's, it's, it's saved somewhere. I'll, it's saved somewhere. I'll find it. I'll find it. But yeah, Be we'll nice. share it on the O-line committee because it is... Wow. Anyways, continue. Uh, I got one more for you here. We got to do some film breakdowns too. Uh, Nick Correa has a dumb, a dumb journalist question. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Scribes and pundits. Scribes and pundits. Question. No question. Scribes and pundits. It's not hey, surprised. Maggie, what do you and beat writers in general? And now I am. I used. I oh. was a beat writer at one oh. point in my life. Oh. I am not. A, I am not a beat writer right now. All right. Disclaimer. We'll get to that. Okay. Disclaimer. What do you guys think about Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, etc., and that brand of hot take sports entertainment? Would you ever want to go that route if presented? I feel like Purple Daily has gone that route sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's one of the top 15 football podcasts. On oh, Apple. nice. Uh, I'll answer that question, but I'm wondering for you guys, like you guys come from the player side. What are your thoughts on the different types of you've interacted with beat writers? We've talked about on the show, but then there's like the sports entertainer side, yeah. the guys that would never show up and say it to your face, but that get paid millions of dollars on ESPN and Fox Sports one. This show lands in the middle somewhere. I feel like I, I, I think those dudes are nothing more than entertainers. Like you said, I don't take anything that they say serious. I know that their their end goal is to get clicks and likes and shares. And that is the end goal of their whole existence for being on a show like that. And I don't blame them for it. Make a great living, right? But it bothers me when people take what they say as gospel. Like, you have to understand what these guys are doing, right? Just be a little self-aware of like, yeah, this dude doesn't actually mean that. And you can go back and look at takes from six months ago 
that were so completely and totally wrong, and then now he's Dude. basically saying the exact opposite with the same piss and vinegar that he had six months ago. Have and everyone's like, yeah, it? look at that. Like, it's just, it's an entertainment. I don't take anything those idiots say seriously. Have you seen, it's from like 10 years ago, Merrill Hodge debating Skip Bayless on ESPN about Johnny Manziel pre-draft. Yeah. And Merrill Hodge is saying, I've got a, I've got like a sixth round grade on him for in terms of talent. He's not even a first rounder, but then you mix in all the other stuff. And I think he's a fifth, sixth rounder. And Skip Bayless loses is it. apoplectic. He goes, this is the most wrong you've ever been about a football player. <laughs> You're going to find out this, that, the other. Yeah. And by the way, Merrill Hodge is now saying not the same thing about Caleb Williams, but he is saying I essentially, yep. I don't know about this guy. Dude, football yeah. players know football. And I mean, I, I'm with Jay. They're clearly entertainment. I think at times it pissed me off when something that they said disrupted our team. Like the minute that they yeah, had a hot fair. take and all of a sudden it fucked with someone on our team. I was like, all right, because I always saw that as somebody kind of taking a shot at us, and so it was my job to go back out into the media and throw it back in their face. There was a lot of times I told Skip Bayless, go fucking pound sand, <laughs> call them an idiot, Stephen A, <laughs> dumbass. I don't care. You are exactly that. You're an entertainer. I can't stand it, and I mean this to my fucking core. When somebody stands up there and says something about football that didn't even fucking play, shut up. Nobody gives a fuck what you think in this room. And that's all I Sorry, care Mac. about. Sorry, <laughs> Mac. No, it's true. I get hot. I got real hot. Eat shit, Mac. Not like that, no. Because beat writers are right. Beat writers are just there to do their job. And they'll ask you real questions. But when you come out of nowhere and you just start throwing kids under the bus... Because Jake, Jake can laugh, but he would see how that would affect some of the guys in our room. And we'd be no, like... No, dude, I'm with you. But it's just we're sitting fuck. here and Mac, he's like... <laughs> no, I never said that no. about beat writers, dude. I used to love beat writers because they'd come in and ask me real questions. Have a take. No. You can ask well, a question, but, but don't make but, a hot take about my teammate. That's gonna fucking ruin my week fourteen because he's oh, literally like, oh god. I'll be sure to what? take that. And into you're consideration like, dude, he doesn't time know. I talk about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> no, by the like, way, just... by the way, dude. Last week, so last week, uh, Josh Metellus came into our studio. It, 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 I, I I work out of the Hubbard Radio Studio sometimes in Minneapolis. And Josh Patelis, Viking Safety, comes in, and I had never met him in person. Now, we had praised him for the last, like, 12 months on Purple Daily. Oh, He's yeah. the queen on the chessboard. He's this yep. integral piece. And he comes walking in, and I go, you know, oh, Josh Patelis. And he and I didn't know if he knew who I was. He goes, Purple Daily, Mackie. And I was like, oh, God, this is either going to be <laughs> this is either going to be good or bad, really good or yeah. awful. And I and I even said that I'm like, OK, uh, so you consume the show. I said, is that good or bad? He goes, nah, you guys are cool, man. You guys are cool. Some guys get some guys get pissed. Some guys don't like when you criticize them, but you guys do your homework. I think the key is like for for beat writers. If you come, beat writers are on the ground in the locker yeah, room like all the you're time. There, you're there reporting information largely. Right. And so if you come from a place of curiosity and not knowing everything, you can build good relationships, right? You like you don't know how to play offensive line. So come from a place of curiosity and ask people that know what they're doing. But there's also like a component of holding organizations accountable that exists and that can create some friction if the organization is, you know, stumbling around and guys need to be called out. On the entertainment side, and that's kind of like where my career has wound up after being a beat writer for a long time is I hop on a microphone and I entertain football fans and mm -hmm. Vikings fans. But at least like speaking for myself, I will at least attempt to tap into people that have played in the NFL, people who right. have, you know, you know, on the twin side. I've got two former twin general managers in the baseball world that like, hey, am I going to sound like an idiot if I say this? 
So I think I do think yes. and, and I'll tell you what, like Stephen A is super plugged into the leagues, too. So he talks to people that though, sometimes those guys will form their opinions based on things that are told to them from people right. that are in the game. That are and close. So I, there's a certain level of homework, I think, that you should be doing if you're in one of these spots to serve the audience. But but the yeah, beat writers I mean, are not bad. They just ask questions and they ask real questions. And I think that's why it sometimes gets frustrating is because they know so much. And suddenly they push a button and you're like, don't do that. Don't <laughs> don't do that. And they're like and they keep digging and you're like, stop. Please, there's 10 cameras on, and I can't answer this question. Where it's like the entertainment, they just throw out reckless speculation, and then all of a sudden every fan in your city hates your fucking receiver, and you're like, well, now that's not good for anybody. Speculation. That's just gotta, not good dude, for anybody, right? For everything. Come at me, and then the, Dude, it's like that, but that's why it's, I see them differently. Like the beat writers I always love, and there was a few of them that would like, the minute they got some dirt, they were like digging, and you were like, please stop. Please don't do this to me on a Tuesday. But then all of a sudden, you can't stop the guy on ESPN that's playing at lunch. It's literally like, this team sucks, and you're like, fuck. I think what we've learned here that. is Alex has become one of my great friends over the past few years. Oh, yeah, for sure. And despises what I do for a living. That's what dude, we found out. <laughs> Maggie, listen, to be fair, Mattelis should not be com- mad at you at all. Dude, going to our YouTube really comment session, there's a lot of people that despise you for what you do at times. I think people come over here from Purple Daily just to hey, yell oh. at you. Tell, like, me where, tell me where I'm wrong about Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Oh, everyone wants to tell you where you're wrong. I mean, dude, he that dude wrong. has a crusader behind him, and we'll get into that. I can't wait. We're going to do really a full... Kirk Cousins that's, episode. That's a different. I can't that's, wait. That, that's that. a lot. I'm. We're gonna dive deep. We I did mean, it. We did it. We did one. Didn't we, Mackie? Like two years ago, we well, went we're deep due, into we're, it. We're due for another one here because. Yo, this, oh, dude, this, dude Searles is in for is, it. This is Kirk Cousins' season right now. The oh NFL yeah, season. oh yeah. And then Kirk Cousins' negotiation Hall of Fame season begins. Kirk Cousins putting on the battle armor, baby. He's stra- <laughs> he's strapping in. He's ready to go. He's putting the helmet on. He's he's ready to rock. Yes. I'm ready for anything, yeah, man. All right, that's a wrap on uh, dumb football questions and the O line committee. By the way, if you've made it this far, maybe you can also make it to our merchandise wing of OLineCommittee.com. We got your clean pot. You guys should be getting your uh, hoodies here this week. Can't wait. Cannot wait. We'll, we'll send you more too if you want some more. Uh, OLineCommittee.com, clean pocket club stuff. We've got spreads are for losers hoodies now in stock. So uh, support us, help us grow. By going to olinecommittee.com, buy some merch, and also follow us on any social media platform, just slash O-Line Committee. Twitter, O-Line Committee, Instagram, TikTok, obviously YouTube, where you might be consuming this. And uh, we'll see you guys for a couple film reviews on the O-Line Committee. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.